is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. This is episode 139 of the Go Blue Crew. And Michigan, of course, got back on track with a win against Rutgers. Cade McNamara came in in relief of Joe Milton and really got things going. That's going to be most of what we talk about today, but uh, there's a game coming up against Penn State, 0-5 Penn State. Uh, Derek, what if I told you in the beginning of the season that Michigan, you know, regardless of their record, would be playing an 0-5 Penn State team? I would have thought the, every single starter got the coronavirus and was out for the entire season. Or I would have thought they had to forfeit every game, and for some reason they counted as losses. <laughs> It's been one of the big surprises in, in college football this season and definitely in the Big Ten. Of course, Michigan, though, has also been a bit of a surprise at, at two and three and and was in real danger of losing to Rutgers. Uh, I picked them to lose to Rutgers because I, I really thought it would happen. And and for most of that game, I mean, I, maybe you felt differently, but for most of the game, I just thought, yeah, Michigan's going to lose this game. That's I mean, that seemed to be the direction it was going. Yeah, I mean, when you get down 17 to nothing in general, but to Rutgers, and then, you know, Joe Milton was finding no success. He had a couple of throws, a couple of almost throws, you know, a couple of drops even there too. Run game wasn't establishing. Defense wasn't really stopping anybody. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was entering easily the lowest point in a season full of, you know, bad moments. Uh, and luckily a spark turned it around and, you know, you get excited because of the way they fought back and continued to battle through three overtimes. But yeah, really quickly, you have to, you know, reset yourself and say, yo, we're, you know, jumping up and down against, uh, uh, for a team that barely won against a, uh, a program that's had little to no success since joining the big 10. So, yeah, I mean, I, that, that <laughs> nothing was. Uh, a moment where I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'm down in Florida. Maybe uh, maybe it's time to spend vacation doing something else. Right. Yeah, and I was just sitting on on my uh, chair, and I put on my Denard Robinson jersey because I haven't worn that yet this season. And I was like, maybe this was the spark Michigan needs, you know, because I, I'm a crazy person who believes that my actions uh, influence a game that's happening far away from me, but whatever. Uh, Joe Milton is is not the starting quarterback. It's going to be Cade McNamara, right? I mean, we haven't heard anything official from Jim Harbaugh. We're recording this Tuesday night. He talked to the media on Monday and did not make any kind of declaration there, but we have to assume that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah, McNamara's going to start. I don't think we'll hear it from Harbaugh. I mean, maybe it will be announced internally. I know that um, there's kind of been some information that may may not have leaked about at least, you know, people thinking that's the case. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I Vince Vincent Gray is the, the player who seemed to inadvertently reveal that um, he'd be under center. But I, I just feel like I can't – I don't, I don't want to say that Joe is not, um, you know, going to be okay or not end up being a good quarterback. He could very well – be just that and you know hopefully you share exactly what you texted me on saturday next year but i I just feel like 
Ekmerla looked a lot more comfortable. It seemed like Gaddis was a lot more comfortable. The whole offense kind of gelled a little bit more. Um, so it's not necessarily something that is proven that it will be sustainable. I mean, the, the kid's young, has a little experience, still less than Joe Milton. But, yeah, very quickly he's thrown more touchdown passes this season than Joe Milton. Had one of the hottest starts out of any Michigan quarterback uh, ever, especially if you look at his numbers um, and his stat line through two quarters and then, what, three minutes to end the first half. I mean, if you look at that stat line and look at the amount of time he actually was on the field, um, pretty impressive. So, again, it's Rutgers, and so that's kind of falls in the same category of let's not get too excited about the quarterback play against a team that Michigan should, you know, beat year in and year out. But he looked impressive, and if he's not starting, I would be shocked. Yeah, uh, 260 yards, threw the ball 36 times, four touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. Uh, I mean, it just an incredibly impressive comeback. You have to remember he was his team was down 17 points. I mean, that's a really difficult situation to to walk into. And I know it's it's kind of difficult to measure somebody against Rutgers because of what Rutgers has been. But it doesn't really matter who you're playing at this level when you're down 17 points uh, late in the first half and, and you're inserted into the game clearly to like reverse that very difficult situation. Um, my take here with, with Joe Milton, and I, I've kind of seen like variations of this floating around out there. And so I, I don't, I don't believe I've come up with any kind of a, a you know, hyper unique uh, take on this, but he just seems to be the, 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 the hype and the expectations for what he can be. It seems to have, muddled his performance and muddled the offense because he is a quarterback who who can, as he's demonstrated, like be really good. He can make really good throws, but I think that puts some pressure on Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh to try to turn that offense into something that it's really not for the most part, but it is like maybe 15% of the time. And I'm sure it's really tempting as coaches to have a guy on your team like Joe Milton who can just be like maybe far and away the best quarterback in like on your roster, but it doesn't come through often enough. I mean, that's just gotta be a really tough situation. And so you're right. When Cade McNamara went in there, I think it just simplified things a little bit because my, the way I saw it, I thought the coaches had a better idea of what they were getting with Cade McNamara, what he could do, what he couldn't do. It just looked a lot smoother. And so maybe there is a time when Joe Milton reemerges as that starting quarterback and he is ready to discover who he is completely and that offense is ready to go with him and the play calling will be uh, a little not not so um, not I, I, it's hard to hard to describe exactly, but it, it won't be so um out of place it doesn't look like it fits all the time and maybe that day is coming but but for now yeah it definitely looks like Cade McNamara is the one to do it we'll have a lot to talk about heading into next season because you know if Cade continues to play well J.J. McCarthy's coming in we'll see if Joe Milton can withstand another you know big quarterback battle he stuck around all this time you know seemed like the guy was overhyped by many but but not really for I mean I think for good reason I think if you look at his you know, just uh, his build and, you know, his ability to really sling the rock. I mean, I think, 
you know, I don't think people were wrong for overhyping him um, or hyping him up as much as they have because he could, yeah, very well still be an excellent quarterback. But, you know, the, the competition that there's going to be next year, um, I think that's really honestly, in my opinion, at least where I stand right now with such a little of the season left, that's his best opportunity to shine is, you know, maybe a potential spring game, you know, fall training camp, whatever things look like next year, whether it's under a new coaching staff or not. Um, he's going to have to come back and fight because I just don't see, you know, we'll see how this weekend goes. And, and again, he could get more playing time. And, and if in some of these games, like a game against Ohio State where it feels like, you know, there's no shot that they'll even score sometimes. I, I, I thought of that. I thought about Ohio State putting up 100. You've texted me Ohio State <laughs> putting up 100 at least a couple of times this season. You're not, you know, you're not far off. Ryan Day even said they're going to. Um, so I think we'll see more of Joe Millen. I think we should see more of Joe Millen because he, he really does need the experience. Um, but I don't think McNamara is going to not start probably the rest of the season because this is a season again where Michigan's two and three. Hopefully you can uh, continue to, to beat up on a Penn State team that hasn't won a game. And, you know, I just think any time the offense looks, you know, a lot more smooth or, you know, other players are getting in rhythm, guy like Hassan Haskins is benefit benefiting from McNamara making, you know, better decisions, actually competing, completing throws, opening up the offense. I think it's hard to go back to, yeah, that kind of limited play call selection and whatever you want to call what the offense looked like when Joe Milton was out there. Again, it's not a knock on him as a player. It just, it wasn't, it was not only not working for him the last couple of games, it wasn't working for the entire offense. And so, to go back to that now seems silly because, you know, again, Cade, uh, especially with the help from a guy like Cornelius Johnson and good blocking from Ronnie Bell, of course, want to give credit where credit's due. Right. Um, I think that, you know, this is the first time Michigan looked sharp. And again, in, in just over two quarters, um, Michigan scored 48 points with him leading the offense. So I, I think whether it's Rutgers or, you know, Ohio State, uh, obviously a big difference there and a lot in between. But, I mean, 48 points in that amount of time, uh, I'm happy with, especially if it leads to a victory. So let's just assume, yeah, Cade McNamara is starting at quarterback against Penn State. That's a noon Eastern game on ABC this Saturday, by the way. Hopefully you're able to uh, sit down and and enjoy uh, NFL football, college football, Michigan football. That can be one of the things that that stays consistent this year for Thanksgiving. Uh, Michigan is a two-point favorite here. And, you know, if it is Cade McNamara starting a quarterback, I know Penn State has had a, a terrible season so far, 0-5. Um, but but you still are looking for ways to, like, take some pressure off of the new guy. And it looked like Michigan found an answer against Rutgers with Hassan Haskins in the backfield. Do you think they'll kind of lean to him as a number one back? Yeah, I think, you know, same situation. It's the point of the season and such a botched season overall where you just you got to start going with the guys that have made a place. And you may risk a guy like Zach Charbonnet being tempted to, to go back to the West Coast. Um, you know, other guys have, have transferred a ton out of Michigan, and you'd hope that everybody stays around. Um, you know, coaching changes could, you know, affect some of that too. But you got to go with the hot hand. You got to go with the guy that's able to, to do, you know, the extra that's needed. And Hassan Haskins, like the coaches have identified, 
has gotten yards that uh, when they weren't there. And I think any time that happens, that's important. And, you know, he got the bulk of the carries. I think he'll continue to get the bulk of the carries. I think I'd love to see Zach Charbonnet and Chris Evans out there. They're really trying to get Blake Corum in the offense, you know, and, and again, for good reason, he's got a lot of speed. You know, you want to give a guy like him as much experience as possible. Um, but maybe utilizing him a little different, you, you know, him running up the middle hasn't been super successful. And, you know, I, I saw someone say that he probably has just as many carries for a loss as he does for positive yards. And so uh, Chris Evans, a guy that I already mentioned, but he's been great in the passing game. Maybe not so good lining up in the backfield and running the ball. Charbonnet, it's kind of hard to see what the problem is, just maybe limited touches. But yeah, while you have Haskins, you know, playing a little bit better than the others, especially after this last game, I think you got to give him the start because he's not been seeing the field right away in plenty of games. I think he's in there right away, and I think he's going to establish the bulk of the carries early. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of crazy to not give Hassan Haskins the most opportunities of those running backs. But, you know, speaking of Chris Evans, He's a guy who you gotta you gotta get the ball in his hands. I think a little more often than Michigan does right now because uh, when he's in the slot or when he's uh, coming out of the backfield, whatever the case may be, he he seems to always like make a play. He gets the ball and he knows what to do with it, and it's not always fifteen twenty yards, but it's turning two yards into six yards. It's stuff like that 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 Ronnie Bell I think also is a really good. He, he does a really good job at that too. Is is just kind of like taking everything the defense is giving you, and then a little bit more because they're that talented. And and so as you know, Chris Evans, no, he's he's not the best quote unquote running back that Michigan has, but he is one of the best players with the ball in his hands. And I think Michigan needs to find a way to get get him the ball a little more often uh, than they have been. Looking at Penn State, Sean Clifford, um, you know, this is a guy who you, I mean, I would have been a little scared of. And, you know, I was I was looking at the quarterbacks that Michigan would have to face this season, and he was right up there, like one of the guys who could definitely do some damage. And, and I guess any quarterback, uh, as we've seen, could do some damage to Michigan's defense. But it just hasn't totally been there for him. 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, he does have a favorite target, Jahan Dotson, who's caught 31 passes for a little over 500 yards. Uh, for comparison, Michigan's top receiver is Ronnie Bell, 22 catches for 361. Do you think Michigan's defense, are they able to to, to step up finally against uh, a Nittany Lions offense that you know has definitely struggled but, but can still – do some things. Do you think Michigan's defense is able to kind of turn that corner or is what we've seen this season, what they are and we shouldn't count on any kind of progress? I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, the, the flaws we've seen this season for the rest of the season. And I mean, even more so against teams like Maryland um, who can, you know, really put up points when they're, when they're playing, they didn't play this past week, obviously against Michigan state, Ohio state, obviously no brainer. They're going to score a ton of points. If Michigan somehow even going to keep it a battle, they're going to have to probably put up 50 themselves. Um, I think because Penn state's made so many mistakes and, and we'll kind of talk about this with keys and, and matchups and stuff and predictions. Um, I think that this is a great opportunity for Michigan to capitalize um, on defense, forcing turnovers, 
forcing mistakes, making, you know, guy like Sean Clifford un- uncomfortable because, you know, Penn State has been able to move the ball a lot this season, but they've made so many costly mistakes. There's been some coaching blunders um, with James Franklin. I think this is your opportunity to, you know, have a game where, you know, you're, you're facing an 0-5 team. Again, very capable of winning this game. Uh, very capable of um, putting on a good performance because of the talent that's on Penn State's roster, even though it seems like they've kind of, you know, shifted away for the season. But I think, yeah, the way the defense plays this weekend, I think will be better than we've seen in the last several matchups. But yeah, you're going to, I mean, it's going to feel like the same Michigan defense at times for sure, which is going to be frustrating, uh, especially against a team that, that hasn't won, even if you, you know, put the name aside. All right, so I'm going to cheat a little bit with my matchup because Michigan has dealt with so many injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Lost two more, Cam McGrone and, and Brad Hawkins against Rutgers. Um, Jim Harbaugh made it seem like some of those injured players might be back, but it's really up in the air. So my matchup here, I need to see what Michigan's depth looks like. I need to see... Who these what these what these second stringers can do when they're forced to to step into uh, this kind of situation? I know it's been happening throughout the season, but you know, I mean, you're talking about a significant chunk of of your production potentially just not being there at all. And you know, if it is there, maybe it's a little little limited. I need to see what Michigan's uh, depth looks like against Penn State before I even start to entertain the idea that I can be uh, somewhat confident in this defense. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's a, a great point. You've seen so many injuries now on deep, the defensive side of the ball and, you know, guys that have come back in, you know, guys that are likely out for the season or maybe will choose not to return this season. I think it's hard to, analyze where the defense is going to be week to week just because of the inconsistency. So yeah, when you add the injuries, I I think it's impossible. And so for me, I I just think that, you know, create a turnover. I I think of this Rutgers game as the defense did enough when it mattered to get Michigan back in the game and ultimately win it. I think that game ceiling interception, even though it wasn't the best throw, it was obviously a desperation heave on fourth down to, to try to, you know, tie it back up in overtime. I think just even a play like that for a guy like Dax Hill, um, who's, who's made some crucial mistakes this season, even though he's also looked like one of the brighter spots as we expected he would be. Um, we talked really early that, um, you know, a guy like Dax Hill could be the best player on the team. Others have said that in thinking that he could showcase some things. He really hasn't proven to be that just yet, even though he probably still is the best defender. And so, yeah, I like that matchup. I think for me, I'm going to go with um, just the the offensive line uh, against the defensive line. I think there's a lot of young guys who have made mistakes. They've allowed pressure on the quarterback, but Cade McNamara handled it a better. He got rid of the ball. He even threw the ball away. Really smart play. There were a couple of times where I, he dropped back and made decisions where I thought, you know, I don't think Joe Milton's making that decision. Um, I don't think Joe Milton's even in that spot to, to be able to make a decision like throwing it away or, um, you know, making the right throw. So I think, you know, as they continue to get experience, especially these true freshmen, I think there's what still three guys out, at least expected to be out potentially for 
this next game on that offensive line. Um, I think you, you know, you just got to look to them to, you know, create some room in the running game. And if not, maybe a guy like Haskins can find those extra yards again this week. Um, but just allow Cade time to throw. Uh, he's still going to be young. Uh, he's still inexperienced. Uh, so I think if you can can win that battle in the trenches, you you give your offense a much better chance. And and I, I do think that you know Penn State struggles. Uh, you know, they struggle giving up points, which has been clear all season. They've, you know, they haven't won yet. So I, I think if you can beat the defensive line uh, and, and give your, you know, your playmakers a chance to, you know, have time to throw the ball or create holes for them, I think that's going to do wonders for Michigan this weekend. My key to the game, I'm going back to an oldie but a goodie here. Don't make Cade McNamara be any kind of hero in his probably first start, which is what I said a couple times about Joe Milton and Michigan made him try to be a hero because they fell behind, things were going well early, and it didn't work out. You can't make Cade McNamara try to shoulder everything in what we'll you know we'll just call it his first start until we you know if, unless we learn something different. But uh, I feel like I don't need to say much more than that because I think that's been my key to the game uh, most weeks. I just think Michigan hasn't done a good job of that. Yeah, man, I think I, I like that personally because, you know, that has not happened. And as we've seen it, you know, Michigan's lost some games uh, this season that, one, they shouldn't have, and, and two, that, you know, there were games they weren't even ever in. Um, and so if you, you know, can do exactly what, what your key is, I, you're you're giving yourself a much better chance to, to win the ball game. And, you know, Michigan at two and three hasn't done enough of that. I think for me, um, my key to the game is just – you know, playmakers, Michigan's best playmakers making plays. Again, I talked about Dax Hill sealing the game. Uh, I'd like to see Michael Barrett, you know, make some big plays. Obviously, with guys injured on the defensive line, you kind of have to skip over that. Although a guy like Christopher Hinton played really well. On offense, I think it's a guy like Haskins or even, uh, you know, Chris Evans or Zach Charbonnet, um, Ronnie Bell, Cornelius Johnson, who's played really well. I think, you know, the Michigan's best players, their playmakers, uh, especially the guys coming back next season, just need to start, you know, stepping up and making plays. Um, obviously, it's a full team game, eleven guys on each side of the ball, but I think it's time for people to really start to establish themselves. I think we saw that more than ever this last game, uh, even as much at the quarterback position. So, I think if Michigan's best players can, you know, start to stand out, um, even in maybe some losing efforts with the games to come. I think that will do wonders for just their confidence heading into next season and, and really give us uh, something to look forward to uh, with maybe some of these new guys stepping up. I, I get, again, the guy like Giles Jackson, I think you know how good for him to get that kick return touchdown in a shortened season, uh, something that I think he's going to do every season that he's at Michigan. Uh, he's already got two in his career now. And so even like that, a big play from a guy like him who is you know, pretty quiet um, throughout the rest of the game, I think, Anytime a playmaker can make a big play, I think that's going to benefit Michigan and could ultimately win, uh, lead to a win for them. Before I give my prediction, I want to give you a little update how we're doing this season on predictions. You are three and two, and I am two and three, and you are also better at getting closer to what the actual margin of the winner loss is. You're averaging about eighteen points off, and I'm twenty one points off. Neither of those numbers appear to be very good, no. but you're at least a little better. <laughs> I don't. I was feeling good about that, like you know, being first between the two of us, great. But if you're, if I'm still 18 points off, I need to improve. 
Well, you got you got hurt because uh, you picked a win against Indiana by six points, and then against Wisconsin, you got hurt again because uh, even though we both predicted a loss, uh, we were we did not predict uh, as big a loss as what actually happened. So that's we both went wrong there. And then obviously Michigan State, we both got hurt there. So I'm not surprised that we've been that far off, but you are leading in both categories at least. That's good for oh, you. I mean, let's continue that for me, I guess. I, I, for this week, it's you know it's tough to predict because I, I want to say this is should be a sure win because it, it just feels like Penn State is you know throwing their hands up. But you know how fitting of you know a, a Michigan season the way it's gone and, and 2020 as a year in general. Jim Harbaugh in terms of like being on the hot seat and, and being compared to, to James Franklin, who's not really on the hot seat because it's going to take a billion dollars to buy him out. I mean, how fitting would it be for Michigan to lose this game, right? You know, Penn State's first win of the season against Michigan. I mean, I can see the headlines already. However, I do think Michigan is going to win. I think this is going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a triple overtime effort, but I, I expect it to be a game that comes down to the wire, and I'm going to go 38 to 33 Michigan. Okay, that's similar to what I picked here. It's actually the same margin which uh we've done repeatedly this yeah, year. A lot. Yeah. Um so I I got Michigan 35-30. So still 5 point win. Uh I I just think there's the only team in a worse position right now in the Big 10 is Michigan and the only coach in a worse position than Jim Harbaugh right now is James Franklin. It it just doesn't appear to be there for Penn State. And as as uh, nervous as I am to say that I think Michigan will win this game, I do think they have it. I think there's a little bit of a spark with Cade McNamara at quarterback, and I, I think that that's the difference there. That, that gets you a, a five-point advantage, so I'm taking Michigan. Yeah, I think that's perfect to, to think of it that way because, again, Penn State feels like a team who's had nothing go right. You know, something positive is bound to happen for their season, and I'm sure it will. So hopefully it comes, you know, a week after Michigan uh, against Michigan State or, or maybe that's to end the season they play Michigan State. Um, they still got Michigan State in the schedule, all, all I'm meaning to say. Uh, but, yeah, I think the spark and, you know, the little bit of momentum that might be carried into this week, you know, returning back to home, um, you know, it's Michigan's turn to beat Penn State. Uh, I think Michigan has enough of a spark, like you said, to to ultimately lead them to victory. And yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, if there's one thing that's proven with, you know, the the three and two or two and three or being eighteen or twenty points off is we are we know for sure that we have been totally unsure heading into each week. Um, probably more so than usual. Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody's in the same category. Uh, but yeah, I mean. It, who knows what's going to happen, but I, I think we're we're both probably close to being uh, right on because Michigan seems like the better team, even with how bad of a of a season they've had themselves. Little nugget here: both uh, Michigan and Penn State allowing exactly thirty six points per game. Nothing to be proud of, uh, but it's a little ironic that they're the same. Michigan, Penn State kickoff noon Eastern ABC on Saturday. Would uh, traditionally be the Ohio State week. I'm fine if that Ohio State week never comes this year, but, but we can talk about that later. We'll talk to you next week. Go Blue.